Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Bucking the Trend podcast. I'm Andrew Goodman here, and with the Milwaukee Bucks headed to Sacramento, California to take on the Kings tonight, thought it's only fitting to have a special guest with us. Will Griffith of SB Nation Sacktown Royalty is here with me. Will, thanks for taking the time to come onto the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And the Kings have already eclipsed their win total from last season. And, you know, usually when you thought of the Kings in previous seasons, that was more of a stopover city, easy win. But now this difference from this year and last year, complete 180. How have you felt the vibe is different around the Kings than in previous seasons? Well, the vibe, but even even within the community, not even nationally, is 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 far far different. You know, you the last few years. I mean, I'd say it's been it's been twelve years since the Kings have made the playoffs, and uh, in that time, the Warriors have. I mean, who are they're a two hour drive right down the road from us. You'd see Warriors gear in every single place that you could think of, every park, every every uh, sporting goods store. They were selling Warriors gear. They weren't selling they weren't selling Kings gear like they used to back in the uh, back in the Greatest Show on Court days. And uh, just in the just in the thirty one wins and twenty nine losses that the Kings have had so far this season, you start seeing that uh, those kids start swapping those Steph Curry jerseys for De'Aaron Fox jerseys. Uh, you know, the, those Warrior fans are a little more uncomfortable around the water cooler. Um, it's been great. I mean, um, the Kings are getting recognition. They're playing a style of basketball that, uh, that I mean, uh, take uh, take the Warriors, for example. The Kings played them the other night right down to the wire and lost by two. And Draymond Green said uh, basically that he thought the Kings were the fastest team in history and that, he, that they scared the hell out of him. So if you can get respect from the Warriors, you get the respect from national writers, people start tuning in. The whole vibe in Sacramento has changed. No, absolutely. And as a basketball fan myself, you know, I'm sure I can speak on, you know, everyone else's behalf that, you know, the Sacramento Kings have definitely been a darling of the NBA this season. And that's totally great to see. They have a great young supporting cast of De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley, Willie Cauley-Stein, Buddy Heald, Boyan Bogdanovich, and not to mention Harry Giles finally looks like he's healthy. How do you feel that the maturation of those young players has helped, you know, grow this sort of slow rebuild into, you know, here we are with the Sacramento Kings and we're here to give you everything we got on a nightly basis? I think it's huge. I think uh, I think it all starts with De'Aaron Fox. I think he's the uh, he's the engine that makes his team go. He's the reason that the Kings are playing at the uh, second fastest pace in the NBA. Uh, Dave Yeager uh, tends to uh, go towards that grit and grind type offense. You've You've seen him in all those years in Memphis where he he adopted a slower style of play. Last year, the Kings, they averaged 98.8 points a game. They were 30th in, in the league in pace. Our leading scorer was Zach Randolph with 14 points a game, the same Zach Randolph who is not in the league this year. Um, and and Fox comes in and blows everybody away with – I mean, he's it, you expect that sophomore slump from him, and he didn't really have a rookie season that would dictate that uh, a leap quite like this was possible, and yet here he is. And he's I mean, he's been dealing with injury. He's been struggling with kind of a bum shoulder for half the season, and he's still putting up numbers where you start thinking, oh, this kid in the next couple of years could could be an all-star. Uh, but he comes in. He's shooting a, a team high, 20.3 points per game. He's, he's taking enough threes now where they're looking at – I think he's on pace for the fourth best three-point season of all time something that last year he was averaging like 13 a game. You'd have never thought that. I know that um, that's insane. You know, I, I was about to say before I interrupted, I just love De'Aaron Fox's attitude mm-hmm. and his, you know, his demeanor, you know, he's just going to go at you no matter who's guarding him or who's the, the opposition's point guard. 
So I just love that about the Aaron Fox's game. The kid's a stud. He, I mean, on the court and off the court, the kid is just an awesome person. And, and seeing the way he picks his team up after losses and stuff like that, the way he holds himself personally responsible in a way that some stars in this league, you just tell, you know, there's that shine on him. And De'Aaron Fox has got that shine. He, he keeps himself at the forefront of everything with the Kings and holds himself responsible every single night for, for their wins and their losses. And it's, it's, it's great to see. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, you guys are currently jousting it out with a few other teams in the West for the last playoff position. You know, I feel like the Bucks, you know, at a different time a few years ago, they were kind of in the same position as the Kings, you know, sort of this stopover city, kind of a mediocre-ish team, you know, jousting out for the last playoff spot. But, you know, this year it feels a lot different with the Sacramento Kings roster and how they're, and how they're built. So hypothetically speaking, the Kings get that eighth spot and, you know, here you are playing either Golden State or Denver. So would you rather have a playoff push sort of eighth seed or would you rather, you know, kind of fall back into the middle mid pack of lottery? Because I personally think that, you know, you get to a playoff series, no matter what you get swept, you know, any sort of playoff experience for a young roster is great. Oh, I, 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 the Kings need to make the playoffs. I mean, we've th- this fan base is is far beyond thirsting for it. They're far beyond starving for it. I mean, if you'd asked me at the beginning of the season whether or not the Kings were going to break the Clippers' all-time playoff drought record of 15 seasons, I'd have said absolutely yes. There would have been no doubt in my mind in October that the Kings were going to go 15 seasons without making the playoffs. And and I th- I think that uh, you know, especially with the matchup that we're looking at here, either. I mean, I, I, I'm going to assume if the Kings make the playoffs, it'll be the seventh or eighth seed. And and I think the Kings prefer to be the eighth seed there to play the Warriors. The Kings match up for whatever reason, for whatever weird cosmic coincidence, they match up really well with the Warriors, uh, especially with the addition of Harrison Barnes. And they've taken that team to task every single time they've played the season. They've played four games against the Warriors already and lost by a total of 12 points. And every game has gone down to the wire where they've had to hit a buzzer beater or something like that to beat us. And yeah, you know, that's certainly no easy feat against the Warriors for sure. No, no. You know, and, and there's for whatever reason, they play up to, to bigger competition there in the last uh, the last uh, right after the All-Star break. They've played uh, the number one, two and three teams in the West. And they've come out of that with I think they've the, their largest loss was like two or three points. And they've I, they beat the the Thunder the other night too, and so being one and two against the top three in the West is and going back to back to back against them is it's a feat in itself. Yeah, so, you definitely got to beat the Kings. The Kings play up to their competition, I, I, and that's something that in past years you would have been crazy to say. Yeah, right. And you know, you brought up Harrison Barnes, and I think he's sort of still getting acclimated to the system in Sacramento. Might take him a few more games, but I think that's a great addition for you guys. So. As a whole, how do you think the front office has adapted and built this roster to not only Dave Yeager, or excuse me, Dave Yeager's fits, but also De'Aaron Fox and the supporting cast of the young guys? I, I think the Kings got a lot of uh, heat in the offseason, and probably rightfully so, for passing on uh, Luka Doncic for um, from Marvin Bagley. I was one of those people who was, I mean, it, it, it broke my heart, and it'll, it'll probably be stinging for a long time, long after uh, Marvin Bagley wins a All-Star MVP or two. But, uh, you know, all things considered, it, it seems right now to be the right decision in terms of the fit of the team. Um, they, they're picking guys that are fast. They're picking guys that can shoot. They're picking guys that are a little bit of do-everything guys. I know uh, Vladi Divac has mentioned a couple of times that uh, they're looking for guys that can do multiple things. 
you know, that you can't just be a scorer or you can't just be a guy who's, who's rebounding the ball, that you have to be able to do those three or four things. And, and the Kings have done a good job this offseason of getting that. Uh, Nemanja Bialica came over uh, in the first half of the season. He, I mean, he caught fire to start the season, and he provided some spacing for Fox to get to the free throw line when he was driving in and getting fouled. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein's had a breakout season in terms of his productivity levels. His scoring's about the same, but he's upped his rebounds by like two rebounds. He's playing a bit more efficient too. Um, everything that this team has done for the season has built towards is has gone towards being a fast team, and and they're doing it. They're 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 playing at the second fastest pace in the NBA, and and it's it's working. So I I, I give all the props to to uh, Vladi Divots and his uh and his staff. They uh they've proven a lot of people wrong, me included, and we're happy to eat crow. And you know, I also wanted to ask you: Is there a certain piece? that the Kings are lacking or a certain sort of dimension that you feel like they need to sort of compete, not only now, but also in the future. Yeah, I think they need a, uh, I think they need a, a center um, who can rebound and score the ball a little bit better than, uh, than Willie Colley Stein. Uh, Willie's been good. Willie's coming into this, uh, into a contract year. He's made it known to the Kings that he's going to be playing for a big time contract. And um, I just think the Kings lack that that guy who's got to drive. Willie sometimes can be a little uh, – he can get lost. He'll play one or two games where he absolutely looks like he could be an all-star caliber player, and then he'll he'll go on vacation for six or seven games. He, he gets lost on himself a little bit. So uh, the Kings, you know, the Kings have got a choice to make in the offseason there. We'd like to see – a lot of us would like to see Marvin Bagley start at center. Uh, we think that, you know, especially when he gets into an NBA weightlifting program and whatnot, he'll be fine at that position. Um, but the Kings are really lacking a, a shot blocker more than anything else. Maybe uh, one or two more defensive guys, especially with the way Dave Vigier can coach defense. But um, I hate to say the Kings need a big guy because the Kings have kind of needed uh, needed one for a while. And uh and I, I think I think somebody who can rebound, somebody who can block shots and rim run, which, I mean, Marvin Bagley, uh, Dave Yeager came out today and said that he expected Marvin to be a power forward moving forward. And I kind of hope that changes a little bit. I think he could play center for us and, and a team that wants to move as fast as they want to move and, and provide a dynamic offense from the five spot. Yeah, Bagley's been fantastic. I was actually looking at his box score from recent weeks. You know, with the Kings in the thick of a playoff race in the West, I mean, some of these numbers he's putting up, especially against his opponent, it's crazy crazy to see how much he's matured. And, you know, he's already sort of playing like a vet. He's, you know, just a baby in terms of NBA standards. But both the Bucks and the Kings have brand spanking new state-of-the-art arenas. As a Sacramento Kings, not only contributor, but as a fan, how much has that new arena helped rejuvenate, you know, this um, energy around the Sacramento Kings? It's been, it's been awesome. You know, uh, I will, I will love Arco arena till the day I die. It was one of those places that it was a little cracker box gym where, you know, Arco thunder was a thing, man. And I don't know if you've ever gotten a chance to experience that, but it was, it was unlike anything you'll ever know just in terms of the fan experience in terms of, shaking an entire building to the point where you thought this whole thing's going to come down if we if we go one octave higher um that being said the golden one center has been huge it's been it's been wonderful you get you know you get world-class um 
you know, entertainment there on a, on a nightly basis. Justin Timberlake just left. We have everybody you can, everybody you can think of wants to come play in, in Sacramento of all places, which is, which is great. The, the arena itself is beautiful. I mean, you go downtown and people are constantly around the arena. There's restaurants now around there. There's nightclubs cropping up. There's all these different things that people want to do and people want to be a part of. And, and it's all because there's an arena there holding holding down that spot. You know, without it, it would have been a, a the K Street Mall is what it was beforehand. It was a mall that had, you know, like 25% of its occupants, you know, were, were open. Everything else was shuttered and closed. And it was a movie theater that drew like 25 people a day. And now it's a thriving entertainment district down there. And it, it's opening up other opportunities as well. The Kings are in line for a major league soccer team here in the future. There's a major league soccer stadium going down the street and it wouldn't be possible without an arena of that quality. That's awesome. That's why, you know, I said it earlier. I feel like the Milwaukee Bucks and Sacramento Kings, they have a ton in common, not only this arena, but both teams, you know, or at least the Bucks a few years ago, they were before Herb Cole sold them to Mark, Mark Lazary and Wes Edens. You know, there were rumors floating around that the Bucks, you know, maybe in play in Seattle, maybe relocating. And I feel the same way, you know, with the Pfizer Forum now in uh, Milwaukee, it's brought, you know, a ton of new life and it's just reinvigorated these Bucks fans. And I think that's great. And, you know, now the Kings, they have a new foundation and they have the stability that here, you know what, hey, we're going to be here for the long run. And I think that's awesome. It's, it's great. And I remember during the Here We Stay movement in Sacramento, like the moment it was done, we, we all took that, that sigh of relief, like, okay, they're staying. Like, oh, thank God for this. And then, you know, within a day or two, there were people posting on our site, okay, now how do we help Milwaukee? You know, because you guys were the next ones up. You were the ones where, oh, okay, you know, maybe that ownership group where Chris Ballmer was involved might be might be eyeing those Milwaukee Bucks over there. And it was a, it was one of those things that when we heard you were getting your new arena too, it was like, okay, good. All right. Well, you know, we, we can rest now for a little bit because we know that they don't need help either. It's a bit, it's a huge sigh of relief because um, the Seattle Bucks, it just doesn't have, it doesn't have the same <laughs> ring to it, you know, or the, the Seattle Kings yeah, for yeah, that matter. Right. But back to the game. So for tonight, both teams ranked top 10 in the NBA in points per game. And both these teams love to hoist up three point shots. How do you feel tomorrow is going to, or excuse me, tonight is going to be played. The Kings are a very good team at home. Bucks are also very solid on the road as well. So I think this is a team of two offensive juggernauts. Okay. So one of the things I want to say about this is you guys love to hoist threes. I know you guys are like in the top five in terms of three-point shooting or in three-point, you know, attempts. The Kings make a lot of threes. I mean, we – they're – or I'm sorry – we're in the top four. I'm sorry. We're in the top five in percentages. We're at 37% for the, for the season. I got my numbers mixed up here, but we rank 21st in terms of three point attempts. We don't take nearly, we're in the bottom 10 in terms of three point attempts. You guys are the second best team in the league in terms of, of hucking that three point ball. So uh, that's one of those things. I, I, I heard that come out of your mouth. Going, uh, 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 I got to correct this because the Kings need to take more threes. That's the biggest well, thing. We'll lead that into your matchup a little bit. The Kings need to, to shoot way more three-pointers. You know, it's funny. The Bucks hoist up this, you know, ungodly amount of three-pointers. But, you know, their three-point percentage was pretty high up there at the beginning yeah. of the season. But now it's sort of fallen. But I feel like that's sort of a case that, you know, you're taking a ton of threes per game. You know, you're not going to make – you're not going to make them all most nights. But, you know, anytime you shoot, what, 45 threes and you end up making 17 – 
you know, anytime you make 17 three-pointers in the game, you know, you're certainly looking good. Yeah, it's a damn good night. And so I, it's one of those things that I think it's the same way with us, that we're, at, we're almost at 38% as a team from three on the season. But we only take, we only take 30 a game. I mean, we're, we're, we're lagging a little bit. And I think we, especially against you guys, if, if the Kings are going to keep up, they're going to need to, they're going to need to get closer up to the 35, 38 range. Um, and the Kings have the firepower to do it. You know, Buddy Heald, if he can free himself up, uh, he can go off for eight or nine threes in a game. Uh, there's been a couple of times this season where when Buddy gets hot, he just goes unconscious. He just, everything that he, he's hitting fallaways, he's hitting four point plays. He, he's, he's running off of screens and falling away, hitting them. The guy goes unreal. And so De'Aaron Fox is, is far improved from the three point line too. The other night against the, uh, the, the, uh, the thunder against the uh, Timberwolves last night or the night before, I guess it'll be when this comes out. Uh, De'Aaron Fox started, started catching that three pointer that he was sitting early in the season and when he does that, the Kings offense opens up the flow. Uh, you know, the, the water release valve tends to, to open up a little bit for the, for the shooting for the Kings. And that's how the Kings are going to beat the Bucks. They're going to beat them by, by, by a scoring output. Uh, those are your own medicine per se. But here's the thing with the Bucks defense, they take a ton of threes, but, you know, defensively, they give up a lot, a lot of good looks from threes. So, you know, tomorrow could be one of those nights. Excuse me, tonight could be tonight could be one of those nights where the Kings just you know rain hellfire from deep. I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to that. I'm glad to hear that because the Kings the Kings need to take a couple more. We need to get that average up a little bit. Um, something I wanted to ask you is is Giannis playing? Uh, you know what? He sat out um, the game was... against Chicago, but you know I think he's going to be good to go. I do forecast him sitting out one of the other West Coast games because I believe it's on a back-to-back. I, I would, think I would, he's going to sit out that Utah game. I would appreciate it if he'd sit out this one. You know, just, just for my <laughs> own preference, just in terms of – in terms of a, I think it would make it a whole lot more fair. I think it would even up a little bit. I think uh, if you'd like to sit in this game, please please give him my, my, my blessing to do so. You know what? I'll actually head on over and I'll relay the message that Thank Will Griffith of Sacktown Royalty wants you to sit out this game. So, it's Giannis, a formal request. You're, yes. you're SOL, man. It looks like you're out of here. <laughs> All right. One last question. Sure. What's what's your prediction at the game? Okay. So, I have this rule. Uh, when I came on to Sacktown Royalty, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I wrote the previews. I wrote the previews for every game. And my okay. one rule, and it has driven fans of other teams insane because they don't understand that that's my one rule is I've never predicted a King's loss. So uh, sometimes that, uh, some, I mean, I've had to do everything from predict time travel to robot apocalypse to um, avalanches, every possible scenario in which the Kings could win by forfeit or by <laughs> NBA rescinding, rescinding a win. I've done it, but the Kings have never lost when it comes to my prediction. So, uh, tonight, uh, I'm predicting that Giannis Antetokounmpo sits, that um, that Malcolm Brogdon sits, that Chris Middleton decides that he'd rather <laughs> be um, I think no, I seriously, I think uh, I think it's going to be closer than 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 what the numbers might appear. I know you guys are the best team in the league right now. I know you guys have more wins than anyone else in the league right now. I think the Kings. Uh, we're gonna. Well, I'm gonna do the same thing here. I think the Kings win. I think the Kings win by. We'll say we'll say one point. We'll say the Kings Kings win on a free throw. On a free throw? Oh, that'd be a plot twist. Well, hey, yeah. I think I 
you know, I don't think I believe tomorrow is going to be close. It's going to be a high scoring game. I think there's going to be a lot of flashy plays on both for both teams. So I think I think it's going to be an instant classic per se. <laughs> well, I look forward to seeing it on ESPN Classic one of these days. And ladies and gentlemen, this is Will Griffith of SB Nation, Sacktown Royalty, joining me here. Will, before you go, do you want to shout out any of your uh, social media handles? Yeah, you guys can follow me on Twitter for uh, for dumb kings takes at um, it's um, at Will of the People, Will of T H A People. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. No, thank you for coming on. And my name is Andrew Goodman, host of Bucking the Trend podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew G underscore NBA and the podcast at Buck the Trend Pod. Thanks for listening to this edition of Bucking the Trend, and we'll talk to you guys soon.